Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number 18. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This podcast is a lesson companion podcast. So for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word 2020 Summer Edition, uh, your lesson manual or student workbook, and turn to lesson number 12, intended for August 23rd, 2020, the lesson entitled The Righteous Judge. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Before we dive into God's Word together, look at the Scripture text and see how we can apply it to our lives this week, I wanted to read something, share something with you. Doctors and nurses scurried around the emergency cubicle as a young mother attempted to calm her toddler. The child sobbed uncontrollably as nurses carefully removed the first aid bandage from her charred and blistered hand. The damage was so severe, amputation would have to be considered. At best, there would be permanent nerve damage that would be a reminder of the incident for as long as she lived. As the staff wheeled the frightened child off to the operating room, the responding officer began asking the mother for additional information. The mother said her daughter had been electrocuted when she inserted a metal rod into the electrical junction box on the side of the warehouse where her husband worked. The mother and daughter were waiting for the father to get off work, when the toddler found the piece of metal and began trying to pry the electrical cover open. Do you mean you just watched your daughter playing around the high-voltage box? asked the officer. Yes, answered the mother defensively. I had warned her twice, but she was being stubborn. I don't believe in nagging or spanking, so all I did was watch. This little story illustrates the importance of correction and the importance of really judgment when we see somebody especially a child and somebody that doesn't know better making a choice a decision the responsibility as a parent is to step in and sometimes there are consequences to the individual or the child continuing to push the boundaries there needs to be consequences they understand that destruction is just around the corner pain is just around the corner unless they turn and change their ways. We're going to see that in this story. If you want to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 36, we're going to look at this lesson entitled, The Righteous Judge. Well, as we look at this text, this passage today, 2 Chronicles chapter 36, we're going to look at verses 11 through 21. The title of this lesson, The Righteous Judge, our focus thought we're going to look at is God loves us enough to judge our rebellion. This passage, 2 Chronicles 36, let me read verses 11 through 21. And verse 11 says, Zedekiah was one and twenty years old when he began to reign and reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. 
And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet, speaking from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by his God. But he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning unto the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief priests and the people transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers rising up betimes and sending, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people till there was no remedy. Verse 17 says, Therefore, He brought upon them the king of the Chaldees, who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary, and had no compassion upon young man or maiden, old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hand. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon." And they burnt the house of God, and brake down the wall of Jerusalem, and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire, and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, for as long as she lay desolate, She kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. Our focus verses here is 2 Chronicles 36, verses 15 to 16. We read those two again. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes and sending, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place, But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Again, the focus verse or the focus thought for this lesson in these verses here today is God loves us enough to judge our rebellion. If we look at this passage, we're going to look at these first four verses, verses 11 Through 14, we find that Zedekiah was 21 years old when he came to the throne and began to reign. And he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And it says right off the bat that he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He didn't even start off good. We've read about other prophets in the last few weeks who at least started off good and then fell by the wayside. But from the very beginning, Zedekiah did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He didn't humble himself. When Jeremiah the prophet would speak as the mouthpiece of the Lord, Zedekiah wouldn't listen to him. Zedekiah wouldn't humble himself. Zedekiah wouldn't heed the word of the Lord. It says he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who in some way or another made him swear by his... Wanted Zedekiah uh, was trying to pressure him to stand up and serve the God that he says he serves. Zedekiah stiffened his neck and hardened his heart. From turning to the Lord God of Israel. And look at the consequences. It says, verse 14, that the chief priests and the people transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed 
in Jerusalem. We see in these first four verses this pride of Zedekiah, this rebellion against the man of God, the prophet rebellion against the word of God. And then we see that his leadership had consequences for the people following his lead. That not only was it Zedekiah who rebelled against God, but it says all the priests and all the people transgressed and they polluted God's house. His leadership had consequences on more than just himself. It's important for us to realize that. So I've got a question I want to ask along those lines, looking at these first four verses. Why is it important to view our own actions with others in mind? Why is it important that when we do something, that we think of other people? Too often in our world, people are so selfish and prideful and rebellious that they just think they live unto themselves. They, they live on their own little island. They can do whatever they want to do, and they shouldn't have to worry about anybody else or how their actions affect anybody else when that is not what God's called us to. Our actions affect other people. The choices and decisions I make in my life affect more than just me. They affect more than just me. The decisions and choices you make, they affect more than just you. It, 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 it doesn't just stop with you and the consequences you face, but there are others coming behind you. There are others looking to you. Whether you see yourself as a leader or not, somebody's looking to you. Somebody's following you. Somebody's coming behind you in your footsteps, and those footsteps might be tiny ones behind you, but they're looking to you. And so when we make choices and when we let down on things or we choose not to humble ourselves before God, we choose not to listen to God's word, or we choose not to listen to the man of God, we choose not to listen to the word of God, it's, it's more than just consequences we'll face. It's consequences others behind us are going to face. So when we take action, we need to think about others and keep others in mind. I want to look at these next two verses. Because here we find in the middle of this whole scenario, we find two verses that kind of interject the mercy and grace of God. You see, God is a merciful and gracious God. And verse 15 says, And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes and sending, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. The, the wording there, the King James wording, is sometimes a little kind of a little awkward and confusing. But it just basically says that the Lord sent them time and time again. He sent these rebellious people messengers. He sent people to them to show them the error of their way and to correct them and to get them back on the right track. He did this, the Bible says, because he had compassion on his people. He didn't want to see them go down the wrong path. That's why 2 Peter 3.9 tells us, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He, he's he's long-suffering towards us. And we can see back, you look back over your life, and you can see messenger after messenger and sermon after sermon and, and, and word after word that's been spoken to you that's tried to correct you and bring you back. I can look back at my life and times of rebellion in my life and times of, uh, of, of inconsistency and maybe times I wasn't where I needed to be in the Lord and I can remember sermons that brought me back on track. I can remember prayer meetings that stirred my heart. I can remember somebody sharing a testimony and it just challenged me and it pulled me back. Why? This was the, this was the word. This 
was the hand of God reaching for me and showing me mercy and showing me grace and bringing me back to where I needed to be. He did that. He didn't send messengers my way to judge me and to push me down and tell me how bad I was. He sent me messengers just like he did here to Zedekiah and the people that he ruled. And he sent them messengers because he had compassion on them. And he wanted them to turn from their wicked ways and turn back to him. Let me ask you a question. Do you view God's correction as compassion? Do you see when God corrects you or you hear a word from the Lord that feels like a harsh word, but it smotes your heart? Do you view that as him beating you up? Do you view that as him pushing you down and kicking you while you're down? Or do you see that as his compassion? He's reaching for you. He's reaching for us. He doesn't do it. He he doesn't do it to push us down and to abuse us. He reaches for us in mercy and reaches for us in grace. So if you feel a pricking in your heart and conviction in your spirit, it's not because God does not love you or, or hates you. It's because he does love you and he's having compassion on you and he's wanting you to turn around and go in the right direction. Sadly, though, they didn't listen. The Bible says, verse 16, they mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words. They misused his prophets. And we're going to look now at these next, in these last five verses. This is what happens when somebody refuses the mercy of God. When they mock the preaching, when they mock the word of God, when they misuse the prophets and the preachers, when they when they talk bad about them, when they when when the when the preacher is trying to do the right thing and and then the family sits around the table and eats them up for dinner. This is what happens. This is what happens. Verse 17. He brought them to the king of the Chaldees. He gave them over to the enemy. And the enemy slew the young men. In the church, slew the young men in the house of their sanctuary. The enemy had no compassion on the young man or the maiden, the old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hand. The enemy came and slew the young, slew the old, slew the man, slew the woman, killed those that were strong, killed those that were that that couldn't get around, whose bodies were weak. That's what happens. That's what the enemy, the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the compassion and mercy of God that reaches for us and gives us a word and convicts us is to pull us out of that so we do not face the judgment that is coming. Because as this lesson says, God is the righteous judge. He is the righteous judge. And I'm getting kind of ahead of myself. I wanted to ask the questions. I read through this passage, but I've already read it. So let me me just ask the question, why did the Lord judge them so harshly? Why did all this happen? Why did these young men and old men and, and, and the women and, 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 and those that were old and those that were young, why did, why did he allow them to be taken away and many of them killed and many others carried off into captivity for 70 years and, and then to have the, the vessels from the house of God, to have the, the house of God burned to the ground, to have the, the gates and the walls of Jerusalem destroyed and burnt to the ground and then others carried away to Babylon. Why so harsh? God, that's just too harsh. Why? Well, God's the righteous judge. And because he is righteous, and because he is pure righteousness and pure holiness, it's demand, it demands of him that he judge sin and judge rebellion. A righteous judge 
cannot allow things to happen, continually happen, and allow someone to go off into a place of continual rebellion. The righteous judge must judge righteously. We might consider it as harsh. We might think, wow, that's just too much. But the righteous judge, the righteous God, sees things differently than we see. All we see is the human understanding. And we think that's just harsh. But we're talking about the righteous judge here. We're talking about the one in whom is no sin, the one in whom is no wrong, the one who does all things well and all things right. He sees things we do not see. And if we refuse and refuse his message, if we rebel against his mercy and his compassion, he will judge. It's not the sight of God we like to see. It's not the sight of God we like to talk about. But God is not a pushover. God does not, God does not just allow things to happen and then just allow us to, to destroy our lives. He doesn't allow it. He's not a pushover. God calls his people to be righteous. And when we rebel and we push away his compassion and we push away his love and we push away his mercy, God will judge. Let's look at how can we apply this to our lives. I know the first thing that just jumps out to me is I, I and, and what thing I feel, I, I don't want to get to that point where God's judgment is poured out. The moment I feel conviction, the moment I feel I want to humble myself, I, I want to please God. I don't want to get to a place to where I don't want to please him. I don't want to get to a place in my life to where I push away his mercy and push away his reaching for me. I don't want to get to that place. I want my heart to be sensitive. I want my life to be sensitive. I want my spirit to be in tune with him and in touch with him. And I pray that's your desire also. So what can we do then to apply this word to our lives today? First of all, it's, I challenge you this week to pray for those who follow you as a leader. Pray for those who are coming behind you. Pray for those who look to you as a leader in their lives. Intercede for them and pray that God will give you strength as that leader in their life to always make the right choice and to do the right thing and to lead them in the right path to keep them from destruction. I challenge you to pray for those who follow you this week. Secondly, I I challenge you to heed God's word of correction in your life. When God corrects you, be humble. Humble yourself and allow that word to bring healing and restoration in your life. Heed God's word of correction. And number three, right along with number two there, search your heart this week. Repent of anything between you and God. Ask for God's mercy. Ask for escape from God's judgment. Ask for his mercy to come over and to fill your life, his grace to fill your life. I don't believe God's looking out to judge us. I don't believe God was desiring to to allow these people to just be destroyed and allow their city to be destroyed. But because they kept rebelling, the only thing he could do to get their attention was to bring harsh judgment. I mean, the very end says that, that the word of the Lord, Jeremiah prophesied, if they wouldn't turn, this would happen. Why? Yes, some did die and some did lose their lives and some had no more chances, but there were some that were carried off. And there were some families that just by the mercy of God were allowed to live that later on down the road, because of that judgment, there were some people that could make their way and would make their way back to God. 
God doesn't judge. He doesn't, he doesn't desire to judge, judge harshly. God doesn't desire that, but he must judge sin. But I want my heart to be right. I don't know about you. I believe you do. I, you want your heart to be right. I want to please the righteous judge. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come before you. We are thankful for these times in our lives where you have let a word come from a preacher or from a friend, or from a mentor, from an elder. And it was a word of rebuke and a word of correction and a word that smote our hearts. But I thank you for it because it was a word of compassion. It was a word of care. It was a word of grace. It was a word of mercy. And whenever I hear that, Lord, I want to turn quickly to you. I want to correct my ways because I want to please you. I pray for those listening today. Maybe there's somebody listening right now and they feel pricked in their heart and know the path they're on, they need to make a turn. I pray you'd give them the grace and mercy to make that turn and to avoid that judgment, to respond to your compassion right now while they can. We thank you for it, Lord. Let your mercy shine into our lives today. We want to shine your light to the people around us. Let your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.